You're listening to another wrestling episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns, featuring your guy, Bully Rye, and PJ Steven, presented by Anchor Podcasts. That's right, everybody. It's another wrestling episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. As always, your guy, Bully Rye, and boy, howdy, is the uh, the trademark that I'm giving to our wrestling show co-host, PJ Steven. And PJ, boy, howdy, did we have a weekend in professional wrestling? We did, man. Uh, that's why I wanted to do this show uh, about this weekend, man. How lucky are we, and I'm going to say this a lot, how lucky are we as wrestling fans that we had so much pro wrestling this weekend? It's amazing. Listen, I... It's going to be a, a what's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's going to be an unpopular opinion. If I was 12, 13, maybe even 14, this weekend would have been, would have been one of the coolest weekends. Like I yeah. would have been so excited, so stoked. Like, all right, we get, especially nowadays we get, we get, uh, we get WWE night of champions on Saturday. We get, both uh, NXT, Battleground, and AEW, Double or Nothing on Sunday. I don't know when the Super Juniors were. Um, uh, best, of, best of the Super Junior was Sunday morning, I think. So, yeah, yeah. So, it, I, I watched it Sunday morning at like four, like 5 in the morning. So, yeah. So, Sunday. So, morning. literally, you could have spent all day Sunday watching nothing but wrestling, right? Like, yeah. that's – like that's if you're borderline if you're, what I did. I mean, if you're a football fan like I am – most Sundays and Saturdays, for that matter, in the fall, you spend watching nothing but live football. And so, as as a professional wrestling fan, that would have been that would have been a fantastic Sunday, especially for the weather that we had in the Carolinas, where it essentially was cold and rainy yeah. on a Memorial Day weekend. But PJ, I think we're just oversaturated at this point, man. I was not as lucky as we are to have so much wrestling, or as we were to have so much wrestling last weekend. I just couldn't do it, man. I couldn't – I did not find myself sitting down to make the time to watch AEW Double or Nothing, to watch the best of the Super Juniors. And I know that's your baby, That's and that's that's your you know your bread and butter with New Japan. Um, but I just – I couldn't bring myself to do it. But you, you said – it sounds like you did spend all day Sunday watching wrestling. Did you watch – uh, Night of Champions on Saturday from Saudi Arabia. Saudi yeah, Arabia. I I did. I spent all week watching wrestling. So listen, let's let's go ahead. Let's get into the I guess the opening bell. Um, we're going to talk about just the events before we take our first break. And we're going to go over some highlights of, of of some happenings over the weekend. Um, but but we're going to get the 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 opening bell here and just talk about some of the events. Uh, briefly here before we take our first break. And again, the first event, believe it or not, was WWE Night of Champions from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. It was, I believe, their third or fourth uh, pay-per-view from Saudi Arabia. Their next event is Money in the Bank from London, England. So, yeah, that's going to be really, really cool. Is that in the O2 as well? I believe so. Yeah, I think it is too. Uh, I, now, I love the O2. What I found interesting about Saudi Arabia, because WWE gets a lot of hate, about yeah. going to Saudi Arabia. Uh, first of all, Sami Zayn in the past would not go to Saudi Arabia for their events, and he showed up, and both he and Mustafa Ali showed their um, their Muslim heritage, their Muslim um, faith in their ring entrances. Uh, I don't know what you call the headdress that that Mustafa Ali wore, um, and then you had Sami Zayn with the with the gi, I believe it's called. 
as he walked to the ring. I could be wrong about that. And so I apologize if I offend anybody for not getting those right. Um, but we got to see some some unique uh, some unique people there that had never that had not gone before. Um, but the most unique thing about this was that I believe their ticket sales for their two days in Saudi or, or I'm sorry at WrestleMania in ticket sales alone were something like twenty million dollars. Yeah, and, it was it was insane. But the contract that WWE has with Saudi Arabia is something like a hundred million dollars a show, or that something is like that. Crazy, could you it's imagine? Astronomical. I mean, there's a reason why, and, and not to veer off topic too hard. There's a reason why Saudi Arabia is going after American sports uh, in an attempt, or, or just sports in general, in an attempt to bring people to 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 bring viewers to their country. I mean, you've got the live tour in golf that gets a lot of, a lot of crap about it because they're bringing these guys over here and over, I say over here, over there and paying them astronomically more money than they were making in the PGA tour. Um, and, and now you've, you know, for the, for a few years now, you've had WWE going over there and just making so much money for the company with this contract. So it makes, it doesn't make sense not to do it going forward. I uh, agree. I totally agree with that. Like it may, like, you know, people can crap on the idea of that, of going to Saudi Arabia for their own beliefs or whatever it is. But the, the main thing is, man, it's a business and money generates from there. And I, I get it. I'm like, I mean, why shouldn't like Saudi Arabia get, you know, pro wrestling and, and different events over there. I mean, I, 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 you know, the, I remember the whole thing was like, well, if Saudi Arabia buys WWE, I won't be watching. Well, then don't. That's okay. Yeah, but, exactly. yeah, it's like, but man, I, I think the events are fun. I think that some of the matches they've done there are questionable and silly. Um, Taker and Goldberg comes to mind. Taker and Kane versus DX comes to mind. Those are horrible. But it's, yep. the, you know, it's it's that mainstream BS that, you know, um, that a casual would enjoy. And and I think that that's, that's a big thing when you go over to Saudi Arabia. They just want to see that kind of stuff. So I'm into that. I'm into it. Great events. And you're right. Absolutely makes sense to do that. Yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's really funny you mentioned about the Saudis buying WWE being, being a conversation that was had at one point. Um, yeah, isn't that crazy? PJ, just give me your overall thoughts about the event before we move on, because we're gonna we're gonna get into some of the outcomes uh, for this show. But I mean, this this crowd was hot the entire night, as expected. What was your thought about the show? I loved it. I thought it was. I, I think there were some things that were unexpected, and I I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the fact that it's like, wow, that can't believe that happened, or like you know, vice versa. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I think yeah. I think it's insulting that some people, some fans, uh, you know, why did the, why why would this happen on a on a bigger pay per view? And we'll get into it, but you know, and it's just like, what well, what what bigger pay per view do you want? It's it's in another country. It's amazing. You can't, you know, there's these fans that think that the only only the big things can happen at one of the big four pay per views in WWE. Correct. Like you can, correct, only, you can yeah. only you can only change. You can only change a title, uh, change a title holder. You can only create a new champion. You can only have a heel or a face turn at SummerSlam or Survivor Series or Royal Rumble or Mania. But, I mean, Mick Foley won the WWF World Championship on Monday Night Raw during the Monday Night Wars. Uh, I mean, you had, uh, you know, the first women's main event of a, of a WWE event, a Monday Night Raw, on a Monday Night Raw. So, like, yeah, it's frustrating that people, people want to – you know, get get up in arms about when 
WWE makes moves and what moves they make. I mean, they, they, they talk. The thing that makes professional wrestling great is the unpredictability of it. And so when you have something like WWE United Champions where unpredictable things took place, it makes for good wrestling. Now let's go. I, I next- agree. And I, I want to touch on something real quick. When you talked about you know, the fans who complain about not having uh, that the title title change should only be uh, at pay-per-views. These are the same fans that say, well, why can't a title change on a Monday Night Raw? Yeah, and it's you're like, absolutely right. Just the Listen, fickle, the fickleness. We can go all day about the fickleness. Fickle. 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 So, fickle. Let, me, let, me, let me ask you a question before we move on to NXT. There's a guy that I have seen seemingly at every single WWE live event, front row, camera side, so he picks him up. He's waves this Trinidad and Tobago sign on every single live event. Have you seen this, PJ? No, I have not. I only know the guy that dressed in all green. I want to know this guy with a red flag with a, with a white and black stripe down it. He wears a shirt to match, but it's the same exact guy that sits front row to every single live televised WWE event. And it's I, I there was a few months ago when, he, when I first started seeing him, I looked him up. I looked up the flag, and it was for Trinidad and Tobago. And sure enough, it was the flag. And this dude, I, I got it. I don't know how more people aren't talking about this guy. He is at every single televised live WWE event. He was at the two-show recording down in Columbia, South Carolina, with his flag flying over the over the barricade. I got to know who this guy is and where he gets his money from because I want to. I, w- I wish I could spend my life traveling to all the live events and sitting front row because that's. I don't. National I have no idea who you're life. talking about. I think you're making it up. I'm not making it up. I am. I. I. am actually mentioned it in a group chat uh, the other day. He might have actually even been in Saudi Arabia. I need to go back and check the tape. I will do it off the air. I'll get you a screenshot of who this guy is, and I'll try to find a few examples of where he's been on TV flying the Trinidad and Tobago flag. Because to be completely honest, I don't know much about Trinidad and Tobago. I don't know what their economy looks like. I can't imagine that Trinidad and Tobago have the economy like Saudi Arabia. Where they could, where there's one guy that makes so much money that he can travel around the country and around the world to sit front row at WWE events. So, so I'll, I'll do that off the air. Um, PJ, let's let's move on here. There was one other WWE show that took place over the weekend. That was NXT Battleground. I got to catch some of this event. Uh, give me your thoughts, NXT Battleground. Did you get to catch? Did you get to check it out? What was your initial thoughts on the on the show? You know, I haven't really. <sighs> I haven't really watched an NXT in, a, in, in quite a long time, like all, all the way through and, and live for that matter. But I, I really enjoyed this one. I, I actually <laughs> I actually really enjoyed uh, really enjoyed watching it. But um, yeah, I, I... What was your favorite match on the card? Main event. The Braun Bron Breaker versus Carmelo Hayes for the NXT yes, title? Yes, I think Carmelo Hayes is a future, man. He is tremendous, and I've never really seen a whole lot of him until that day, or just that day, until that pay-per-view. Uh, I've seen a little highlights and clips and such, but, man, that's good stuff. I like his sidekick, Trick Williams, because he's a Gamecock grad, oh, and brother. there was one night where he wore a Gamecock baseball jersey, the same Gamecock baseball jersey I have upstairs in my closet. He wore on an episode of NXT, and I, I've I've been a fan ever since. Yeah, I've got you know we'll get into it here in the in the main event of the show. Um, that was not my that was not the match. Obviously, I have let's be honest. I haven't watched the match in its entirety, but there was another match for me that stole the show of NXT Battleground, 
And there was another match that I'm going to talk about right now because we're not talking about it in the main event of the show. Whatever that 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 NXT something cup match that they had where you have like five three-minute periods or six three-minute periods or it's best of two or three. Any idea what I'm talking about, PJ? I do know what you're talking about. Um... You know, we talk about NXT and WWE for that matter, trying new things and trying to be unique. The Heritage Cup, Noam Dar versus Dragon Lee, I... To me, it's a swing and a miss. I know they've done it on, on, on non-American soil before, but I just, I thought it was a bad gimmick, PJ. Would you agree or disagree? Yeah, no, I mean, I like the gimmick. I mean, it's, um, again, <laughs> you know, I think AEW is one of those things right now that uh, is trying a little too hard, uh, but I still enjoy it. I like the Heritage Cup. Yeah, I, I'm sure you meant you meant to say NXT, but that's it. it NXT, does, I'm sorry. Yeah, This it, does feel like an AEW gimmick here. Uh, if, yeah. if we're being honest. So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, what was, whatever that stupid gimmick they did a while back where they had a penalty box involved, that's what this felt like. Yeah. And, and that's, so, I hate, I remember I hated that. Like I, I, I was not a fan of that. The penalty box, we talked about that on one of the old episodes. Yeah. Nevertheless, uh, that was, you know, we are going to talk more about some of the results of NXT battleground here in the main event, but let's move on. We already talked about AEW. Very briefly, AEW Double or Nothing took place in Vegas. We talked about week. AEW because I messed it up, but here we go. AEW no, Double it, or Nothing. <laughs> we briefly discussed it. Maybe it was off the air, but nevertheless, Double or Nothing took place this, place this weekend. There was an open challenge for the Trios Championship that the acclaimed and Billy Gunn uh, answered. And I'll be honest, the Max Caster rap. Um, I always pop for his raps, but he had a line in that rap. I'm not sure if you've heard it, PJ. Um, but basically, uh, oh, I, I know what you're going to hit me with basically made an insinuation about Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley, who is dating Buddy Matthews on the, on the AEW roster. I love it. Um, I thought that even, even better than the actual line was the fact that there was no reaction from Buddy Matthews, uh, in the ring, just a fantastic, no, no sell of the line. Uh, PJ, how'd you feel? Did you get to watch all of Double or Nothing? And if so, how'd you feel about this show? Um, I enjoyed it. It was one of the, I'm, it, <laughs> it was one of the AEW pay-per-views, pay-per-views that I'm glad I didn't pay for, but I really did enjoy the pay-per-view. I really did enjoy the, um, the match. The, I cannot wait for us to talk about the Anarchy in the Arena match. Um, I cannot wait for us to talk about the new women's champion. Um, yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, a lot of a lot of new things happened, if you want to call it that, on AEW Double or Nothing. Uh, some really fun spots to talk about. So we'll get into that here in the main event. Finally, PJ, over the weekend, you mentioned it happened very, very early on our on our time. The New Japan Pro Wrestling Best of the Super Juniors. Oh yeah, I this is this is what you enjoy more than anything when it comes to professional wrestling. I have not yet gotten to catch this. PJ, tell us about your initial thoughts about the, this Best of the Super Juniors before we take our break and get more in-depth into it. So I was the most excited because I really enjoy um, Master Watto. Master Watto is awesome. He, I remember watching his debut. He was one of the first wrestlers in a long time that, like, I saw his debut. I saw his first win. I saw this. I saw that. Um and when he was announced that he was going to be in the tournament, I, he was my pick. I was like, yep, Master Wado is going to do it. And he's already had – he had already had a great match at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, he's already 
uh, he was tag champions for a little while. Um, I God, you know, he, he's just a young dude. Love his work. Anyway, I could talk all day about Master Watto. But he took on um, the new LIJ member. Uh, it's spelled Titan, but that's not what it is. It's like ti- uh, Titan or something like that. Anyway, fun stuff. Great worker. But I, I needed Master Watto to, to win that. And he went through the tournament just beautifully. Uh, I think he ended up at 7-2 and two in the um, towards the main event. But the match itself, I mean, there were other matches on the card. There were a couple trios, a couple um, eight-man tag matches, as usually there are in New Japan pay-per-views. But that main event, man, and now we're going to get to see Master Wado and Hiromu Takahashi for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. And, man, I am rooting for Master Wado. I mean, I think I, I think he's just tremendous. So the match itself, though, was was very, very fun. Well, let's, we'll talk about that here in the main event, which brings us to our first break. We're going to take our first break of the show. When we come back, the main event, we are going to hit some of the highlights from all four shows that we just mentioned. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be right back right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Carolina Business Equipment. With offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence, Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my personal best friend, Aaron Thompson, at 843-452-8761 for a quote today. And make sure you tell him that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdown sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. All right, and we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, a lot of fun stuff to talk about here in the main event of this here wrestling show. It's your guy, Bully Rye, alongside DJ Steven. And this all-wrestling weekend had some interesting, intriguing results. And we're going to start off here with what we ended the opening bell uh, with in the last segment. And that is Master Watto winning the Super Juniors uh tournament super junior 30 yeah uh, pj you, you you briefly touched on how, how that you enjoyed the match um that you enjoyed the tournament you said he was seven and two explain to the fans who who might that the eight or nine listeners that we have what exactly the super juniors are how they decide who who wrestles who when they wrestle who explain the the, the concept of the super juniors and, and your final thoughts on Master Wado winning the Super Junior. So Super Junior um, is is basically just a fancy word for cruiserweight, you know. Um, so the way – so it's called the best of the Super Juniors. What they do is they put together the best of the Super Juniors in that particular um, – uh, in that particular uh, division – or not division, excuse me, promotion is what I meant to say. Um, and they just have a tournament style, kind of like the G1 Climax almost. It's that kind of style where there's multiple matches and um, there's a point system and it's just super fun, man. Anyway, so they've had 29. This is the 30th. Um, I remember the first one started. Oh, God, I had it. And I can't. Oh, 1988 was in the first one. Um, uh was when the first one started, I believe, actually. Now I'm second guessing myself. But um, anyway. 
but it's it's just a fun little tournament. And what they do is, again, they just put together whoever is the best of that. They put them together with an A block and a B block. A block, obviously, um, you have to, if you win the A block, you go on and you face whoever wins the B block. It's just, it's almost the same thing, like I said, as the G1 Climax, which is New Japan's, you know, most famous tournament. And boy, how did I look forward to um, the G1 Climax every single year. But um, in this in this particular one, it was let's see, I'm looking at the B blocks now or the the both blocks now because they put every year they just increase how many people are going into it. So, so for let, let's, so I want I want to interject just real quick. I think the idea behind these tournaments in New Japan is intended to make the professional wrestling feel more like a real sport. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of these athletes feel as if though they are in a real sport, as 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 do we, despite the fact that that outcomes are predetermined. The athleticism is obviously unmatched, you know, unmatched. It's 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 unquestionable, and so I think New Japan does a really good job with the way they set up these tournaments. And I just wanted to interject that real quick so that the fans can get an even better idea of why it is New Japan does stuff like this and why we don't see anything like this in yeah. the states. So uh, your participants were Duki Hiromu Takahashi, who's your IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, uh, Kushida, Lilo Rush, Mike Bailey, who Speedball Mike Bailey in this uh, in this event was just tremendous, man. Uh, anyway, uh, Takuchi Sho, Tachi Ishimori, Tai Tane is his name, uh, and TJP. That was Block A. Block B was your boy Clock Connors, who I'm a big fan of. Um, Clock Connors. Uh, Bushi, Dan Maloney, um, El Desperado, Akira, who had a really good showing in the tournament as well. Um, and Kevin Knight was there. Master Wado, Robbie Eagles, Yo, and then Kanemaru. So it came down to Mike Bailey and Master Wado, who I was a little bit like, oh my god, I kind of want Mike Bailey to win, because Mike Bailey is my dude too. Um, and then El Desperado and Titan. And uh, Titan, man, I was like, man, he's the new guy. He's from CMLL, who's the the basically the um, console J. I can't pronounce it. Anyway, it's a Hispanic um, uh, promotion, um, and he's actually the current CMLL World, World Welterweight Champion, and he's their tag team champion as well, which is fun. So I don't know why he wanted to come in here and try to mess up my boy Master Wado's time, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but he is a, a new member of LIJ, which is really really fun. But they had just a really awesome match, man. I really, he had a great tournament show, but the match itself was just so super great, man. Um, anyway, um, that was the big thing in New Japan, man. It was, uh, it was pretty fun. Yeah, it sounds like a good time. And again, despite not having seen it, I do enjoy the, the concept stuff that, that New Japan does to, to make it feel... More realistic, I know we have some of the tournaments in, in WWE and AEW where they have tournaments to, de to declare a new women's champion, a new tag team champions, whatever the case is. Single elimination, not really, you know, any anything, you know, noteworthy, anything surprising about it. New Japan is always, is always leaving us guessing and leaving us wondering – uh, what's going to happen? I think that's the best thing you can you can mention about New Japan is that 
And you, you know, spe uh, speaking of what you just said, oh, what you just said, what's going to happen? I I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Kazushika Okada, Hiromu, or excuse me, um, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and uh, Taj or um, God, God, I'm up my names. No, yeah, no, 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 no. It's uh, Okada, Tanahashi, and Tomari Ishii. Excuse me, are your never open weight six man tag champions? It was announced. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, I, well, Okada's kind of taking a step back along with uh, Taka, Tanahashi, and they're going for a couple undercard belts, which is why they're the six-man tag. But I got to mention that uh, at Dominion this year, which is in a couple weeks, I think, it'll be Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii defending their titles against John Moxley. Um, oh, no. Daniel uh, should, no, not Daniel Bryan. It's, um, it, it is Claudio Castanoli. And their new member, who I can't remember his name. Um, not Wheeler Yuta. No, not Wheeler Yuta. It's the uh, the Japanese guy. I oh, uh, they make a joke about his name. It's uh, Takeshita. Yes, Takeshita. thank you. Yeah. I did not so, realize he joined the Blackpool, Blackpool Combat Club. I well, remember MJF made fun of his name on TV, and it was pretty funny. So, man, I don't know if you know what that means. We're about to see Claudio Castanoli in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That I is mean, that is exciting. just for me. As much as I would want... Daniel Bryan, because that's my boy. We get to see Claudio in New Japan. Listen, I think that as much as we all know how gifted, or we can call him Claudio now, as, as, as talented as we know Claudio is, he doesn't have the most charisma in the world. He's not the greatest on the mic. So getting him to go to places that I, I would I – would, I'm hesitant to call AEW a company that focuses more on wrestling because they've been doing a lot of mic work. A lot of on, Gaga. A lot of a Gaga. Lot, a lot of mic work, a lot of Gaga during the Dynamite and 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 what's the other one? Rampage. And now they've got this w, the, the AEW Nitro or whatever the, the Saturday night show is called. Um, so Collision, whatever the case is, where they've got Phil Brooks returning, which is in and of itself an issue. Um, but it is nice. To, <laughs> it is yeah. nice to see... Claudio going to a going to New Japan to 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 sort of you know show off his strong style over there in Japan because he is known as one of the strongest wrestlers in the world, uh, especially for his size. Did he not put the great Kali in a in a big swing at one point? I mean, just oh, yeah. unthinkable power. So some some fun I mean, stuff coming. Dominion is, a, Dominion is about to be insane with Hiromu Takahashi. I mean, uh, we're not going to talk about this long because it's not really our topic, but I just have to say, um, I mean, Lance Archer versus Will Ospreay uh, for the IW, to determine the number one contender for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion. I know Zack Sabre Jr. is taking on Jeff Cobb for the um, NW, NJPW World Television Champion. Um, Kushida and Kevin Knight Jr. is taking on Akira and TJP for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Okada and Ishii and Tanahashi is taking on John Moxley, Claudio Castanoli, and Shota Umino. It's Shota Umino, by the way, um, for the uh, six-man tag champions. And then our main event, man, are not only Takahashi and Master Wado for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, but, dude, our main event, Sonata taking on a returning uh, Yoda Tsuyu for the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Dominion is stacked. and it's just amazing to see. God, I love New Japan. Yeah, we're going to have to get some more people into uh, the New Japan, I guess, I don't know what you want to call them. Um, the cult. 
Yeah, the cult of New Japan, so to speak. Because the New Japan, matter of fact, Banker Bill, host of the football show with me, I, I mentioned to him that if there was one, if there was something that I wanted to get him to watch to sort of feel professional wrestling for what we do, uh, for, for how we feel it, it's getting him into New Japan to seeing how, uh, just how, how, how physical those matches are and how, how realistic those matches feel at times. Um, so that it's it's just it's unlike anything that we see uh, in most most wrestling el elsewhere. So we we start we start of going in, in reverse order here. We went to New Japan that took place Sunday Sunday morning in the states, and now we're going to NXT's uh, Battleground from Sunday afternoon. And there's a couple matches we wanted to touch on because it did have some matches on the card. We mentioned the the dumb Heritage Cup match. Uh, there was a match, a, a triple threat for the North American Championship that Wesley retained his North American Championship. This match, to me, I sort of teased it when we started talking uh, about this this show in the opening bell. Is Druganoff taken on Dijak in this last man standing match? Um, I, I don't know how you pronounce his first name, but Dijoff and Druganoff beat the living crap out of each other. PJ, did you get a chance to watch this match in its entirety? Yeah, it was a fantastic match. Dijak is insane. Great last man standing. I think it went 16 minutes. Um, man, and you know, when you talk about the Heritage Cup real quick, the British Round Rules match is what it was called. Poor Dragon Lee having to be in that thing because I'm such a fan of him and I was like, man, why, why is he in this? Anyway, um, yeah, these guys beat the hell out of each other and you know, is Dragon off the guy to get pushed up and uh, take the Intercontinental belt off Walter? I don't know. Either way, this match, you talk about, like, brutal matches. We've seen some of the best matches in the last year were between Rusev. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, no, Rusev. Listen to me, Rusev. We're, you just mentioned Gunther. Gunther and Rusev have the same sort of tone, the same sort of uh, alliteration to their voice. Gunther and Sheamus. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah, listen, I'm going to try to rationalize it so I don't feel like such a moron. Gunther and Sheamus had some of the most brutal beat, beating each other up matches of the last year, and that's what this match reminded me of. These guys just went to town on each other. At one point, Dijak just would not stop beating Druganoff with a kendo stick until he broke the kendo stick. It was a fun spot where where Druganoff was bleeding and he rubbed the blood on the kendo stick before he hit him with it again. Love Just that. really, really fun visuals. Uh, you know, it, was, it looked like Druganoff was left for dead. It was great storytelling where he was able to overcome uh, and, and defeats Dijak here at Battleground. But what a great match. To me, if there's a match not the main event that you watch from this card, this is the match that I would do it. Next up, we knew that Indy Hartwell had just won her first women's championship. She was injured, and she was also drafted to the main roster on Monday Night Raw. So there would be a tournament to crown a new NXT women's champion. And we would do just that as Tiffany Stratton goes over, and I'm trying to find her name real quick, Lyra Val Valkyria. I, I don't, that's, I'm probably not pronouncing that name right. That that's shows pretty, I, think, I think it's pretty close. It shows how much I've been watching NXT. But Tiffany Stratton wins the NXT Women's Championship. PJ, how do you feel about this? I mean, I don't think there's any other woman on the roster right now that makes sense for this title to be put on that's not injured or involved in a storyline otherwise. 
Uh, yeah, I agree. I think Tiffany Stratton was the person to put on, uh, or excuse me, the woman to um, put the belt on at the time. Yeah, so again, to me, not as surprising as it could be. And of course, there's another woman on the roster, a younger girl. I can't remember what her name is. She, she, was, in the, she was in the tag tournament for the tag titles at one point. Um, and and I'm, her name is escaping me right now. I think that she should be next up when she's healthy. To, to sort of get put in a program for the women's championship because she was she was on fire and I haven't seen her lately on TV but there, there's probably a reason for that. Um, let's fast forward to the main event. This is your favorite match on the card: Braun Breaker unable to regain the NXT title. Carmelo Hayes remains your champion. PJ thinks that Carmelo Hayes could be a future player on the main roster, but there's there's rumors that this this battleground was the last two raw for some NXT superstars. And I think Braun Breaker is your number one candidate for a slow call-up. Would you agree? And, uh, and and tell us about your thoughts on this match in general. Uh, it was very hard-hitting, and it was kind of unexpected. I didn't really expect Carmella to retain, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, or she not retain, rather. You know what I mean. Uh, I didn't realize that they were going to take the belt off him like that. And I really enjoyed the match. It was hard-hitting, but some of it was really stiff, too, which you don't really see Carmella Hayes do a lot in the highlights that I've been seeing. But, um, yeah, I, I loved the match. I really did. I think it told yeah. a good story, and Braun Breaker, I think, is another player that's that's the future. The difference is, you know, I want to touch on this a little bit because, to me, NXT, well, that's not fair to say. I won't say won't ever, but it's going to be rare that it goes back to that black and gold that we that we love, that where every single pay-per-view had four or five matches and they were all bangers and they told great stories and they were just terrific. I don't think I don't think we're gonna get to that anytime soon. I think it'll happen eventually, but not in the future. It's but it's but hard. This, it's hard ahead. because there was so much first and foremost, Broadbreaker lost the title uh, I think in the last their last premium live event. So yeah. so Carmelo Hayes did go into this event as the champion to retain um, and secondly, is when you talk about not getting all the bangers, it's hard to have the types of shows that NXT was having when you call it the guys that were having those matches to the main roster. I mean, you got to think totally back agree. in the back in the day, you had like FTR, the Revival, taking on the Alpha Academy, or you had a triple threat match that you threw in the Viking Raiders or the War Raiders down at NXT. You had you had guys that are now like main eventers on the main roster that were undercard guys and mid-card guys on NXT. Yeah. And and so to your point, I think it's a matter of like when Vince sort of took over the NXT brand from Triple H, he did so much to disservice. He did so much disservice to NXT that it was almost as if he tried – he tried to bury NXT for whatever reason when, you know, the year prior NXT was involved in survive, excuse me, in survivor series. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those things that, yeah, NXT has always been, I would, I would, I'd be remiss. To, I, 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 I want to be careful not to call them a developmental brand. Yeah. I agree because, with you. Because in, in one sense you want to sort of, you know, clean up some of these some of these guys and gals. You know, mic work. You want to make sure they they know how it works for as far as the television perspective goes with NXT. Um, but they're honing their skills down in NXT, so they're I don't I wouldn't call it de developmental. I would call it honing their skills before they're ready for the big show and seeing if they can if they can elevate themselves to the big show. 
And uh, you know, I, you, uh, something I want to touch on too, when you talk about Vince burying it, the perfect, um, the perfect explanation is that is when he had that him as in Vince had that interview, and it was and it, <laughs> it was a I think I don't know if it was a joke or not, but it was still it made sense. Um, and what's your thoughts on NXT? And Vince was like, "What the hell's NXT?" And it's like, yeah, it's, you, know, you know, and it's just like, it's, oh, brother, it's so frustrating because like. You knew right then and there that it was that that if he didn't kill NXT, then it was going to be a while for NXT to get back to what they once were. Yeah. Um. And so, obviously, you get a lot of talent leave. I mean, again, a lot of the talent that was great on NXT before Vince took over, you had uh, a, a a Bronson Reed. You had guys like um like you know. Uh, Keith Lee, you had guys like I'm trying to think of the other guy's name that went to AEW, uh, Swerve Strickland, that was part of Hit Row. You had Hit Row down at NXT. You had compelling stories in NXT that were either released altogether or when they were rehired, taken back to the main roster. So you had to sort of like piecemeal NXT back together. And I think for the for the most part with Braun Breaker as their star for the new era of NXT. And now Carmelo Hayes has sort of taken that throne and, and he is, is given that ring to carry with, with my thought process, Braun Breaker will be called up sooner rather than later. Um, I, I think they're in a, they've got a good foundation set to be able to hopefully bring NXT back to where they once were. But again, when you, when you have a guy or you, when you have a girl that, that seems to be picking picking up on things and, and doing well, you've got to let them continue to establish NXT or you're going to run the risk of a constant turnover where you're always having just try to find out where you're rebuilding from. And then you're going to wind up with an AEW show that nobody cares about. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Undisputed Era, there's no reason why they broke up Undisputed Era other than the fact that contracts were running up and they were going to have to do something with them. Undisputed Era, in my opinion... And I include the Wyatt family because Wyatt family, I think, got bigger on, on WWE TV than did NXT. The Undisputed Era are the greatest faction to ever be part of NXT. And that includes the tag team of DIY. That includes the way with Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory and the, and the ladies they were with. It includes uh, the the current – it includes the, the, the diamond, diamond Mine. Like, Undisputed Era was that faction in NXT – and I think they've been struggling. They chased you has started to pick up steam, but to me, that's it's still it's still very very silly and gimmicky, which is which is you know sometimes necessary. Um, but I digress. PJ, you're totally, you're totally forgetting sanity. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, I did think that they did Eric Young dirty. He's a great talent. But um, no, I'm with you. I don't I don't mean to you know go on a tangent there, but it is one of those things where it's like you know God, black and gold NXT was just just tremendous. And eventually, well, I think we'll get there. But anyway, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on to, again, continuing to go out of order here. Uh, we, we mentioned WWE had their Night of Champions Saturday night with their build three three main events, even though one main event started the show. And that was the World Heavyweight Championship match between Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. I think it was pretty, pretty, pretty self-explanatory, pretty understood that Seth Rollins was going to win this championship. There were rumors because of his his Hollywood ties. He's been he's been filming the new Superman or the new oh my god uh, Captain what, America New World Captain Order. America yeah he's he's filming Captain I knew it was a who's superhero he's movie. filming he's filming um, Captain America uh, Hulk Hogan New World Order NWO 
Okay, sweet. So yeah, so there were there were there <laughs> okay, there, were, there was uh, there was yeah too it was this is too ah, sweet. You know what I'm talking sweet. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah too no, sweet. I, you understand? You understand? Yeah. So um, so nevertheless, there were there were some sort of thoughts that maybe they decide to go a different direction because Seth Rollins is going to be in Hollywood. He wins the title. He comes out on Monday Night Raw and says that I'm going to be here every single week uh, defending this title. Uh, what a great match between these two guys. We know what we're going to get. Both of these guys can make anyone look like a million bucks. So I'm glad these are the two guys they put together to have this match. Yeah, great and match. It was a great match. Uh, PJ, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on here because we are running short on time. Uh, any thoughts, any any expectation out of out of the Seth Rollins title win? And and what would you like to see going forward? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, We talked before how I was not going to care who won this because I think the belt is just an excuse to have a world champion because you're too much of a coward to take it off of Roman Reigns. But that being said, the match was phenomenal. Uh, no pun intended. The match was terrific. I loved the match but I just don't care about this belt right now. Hopefully I will. It looks great. It looks pretty. But to me, it's just an excuse to we're too much of a coward to take the belt off Roman Reigns, so we had to make our own belt. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. So um, hey, I hate to be that way because I got to remind myself that wins and losses do not matter in fixed sports and belts are just props. But still, for storyline's sake and for Gaga's sake, it's silly. Well, I, at this point, they're going to have the 1,000-day celebration for Roman Reigns this Friday on SmackDown. No, thank you, Maker. Um, but, you know, it, he's probably at this point going to pass, uh, was it Pedro Morales? Possibly Pedro, Hulk. Yeah, I think he's three days from Pedro Morales or something like that. I want to. I thought it was it wasn't quite 300. But nevertheless, he will pass Pedro Morales. No, no, three, three days, three days. As of right now, so we're recording this on Tuesday, the 30th of May. Um, so I'd, I'd be interested to see three days from, you know, three days from now, he will have passed Pedro Morales because he did pass a, a thousand days at this show. Um, but I think, I think the next goal is to see if I, I you would expect him to, to be the guy that takes Hulk Hogan's record. I don't think anybody ever takes the record off of, uh, Bruno San Martino. Well, was that seven years or something? Or was that, was yeah. that Buddy Rogers? No, I'm pretty sure it was Bruno. So I, I always get their, I always get their, um, the well, because it was it was such a big deal when when Bruno San Martino dropped the title, and unfortunately, the guy that he dropped the title to passed away. That's a right. A few short weeks ago, and and why can't I say is a superstar Billy Graham? Superstar Billy Graham was yeah. the guy to dethrone uh, Bruno San Martino, uh, and so I don't see I don't see anybody I don't see them letting him pass Bruno. But I do see them letting him pass Hogan. But we'll get into Roman Reigns here in a second. The next match I wanted to talk on briefly was Brock Lesnar defeating Cody Rhodes. Storyline is that he broke Cody's arm the week before. Cody was going to come out. And all of a sudden, halfway through the match, even though it wasn't a cast, Cody decided, oh, I can use this, this cast as a weapon now. And went after Brock Lesnar. But Brock Lesnar wins putting a Kimura on the broken arm, the kayfabe broken arm of Cody Rhodes, and goes over. Um, and 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 yet Brock Lesnar getting another win in Saudi Arabia. Any thoughts on this match? I mean, I think this this storyline hasn't quite run its course yet. We're we're tied one one here. You feel like we're gonna have a rubber match that Cody goes over on his way to winning the world title? Would you would you agree? Yeah, I I didn't hate it. I did. <laughs> I kind of hated the. I don't know anything about medicine or doctors. I'm you know, but do they really make casts out of titanium? I forgot to look that up. When that you have cast, a, that cast is made out of titanium, Cole. Is it when really? You, when you have a when you have a, most casts, like first of all, he wasn't in a cast. He was in more like a brace, right? 
Okay. Um, most most casts are made out of like plaster. That's what I thought. Which which are hard, even probably to, to one point harder than titanium because the t- titanium I'm assuming assuming would bend once enough force is put on it with a with a cast. You would essentially have to hit somebody so hard that the cast would break. I mean, the cast is there to mobilize a part of your body not to be able to move. Um, this wrist wrist brace that they put on them. They probably had a steel plate in there to keep his wrist straight. I know I, I I fractured my wrist when I was in school, and they gave me a wrist brace that that kept my arm sort of uh, stationary and straight. But it was I think it was it was just a, a, a metal plate. So I don't know if it was titanium or what. But either way, I don't care who you are. That tiny little wrist brace, like what Cody Rose is wearing, if you hit somebody with it, you're still going to hurt yourself. Yeah. It's just te- again, just terrible sort of. I wouldn't call it terrible storytelling, but just unbelievable. Like, again, you want to suspend you you want to suspend belief. Is it too much Gaga for you? Yes, that's it. That's it. Any anything before we move on? Because we, again, we are running we are running a little late, and I want to get to the curtain call because the curtain it's one of my favorite curtain calls of all time that we're going to get into today. Anything yeah, else yeah, you want to yeah. add about this match? We can. We may move on. All right. Next up, one of PJ's greatest happenings. One of one of I'm sure one of his his most exciting. Ha- most exciting matches uh, in all of wrestling in, in the last last probably two years. Asuka finally dethrones Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair went into this match as the longest reigning women's champion of the modern era. Uh, some gaga here, though. Asuka misses with the mist. Uh, later in the match would, I guess, get more mist, spray her own hand, and then rake the eyes of Bianca Belair with some sort of, in my opinion, weak kicks. That would put Bianca Belair down, and Asuka is your new Raw Women's Champion. Although, is she not a member of the SmackDown roster? Continuing continues to be. Uh, PJ, how thrilled were you, were you to see not necessarily Bianca losing the title, but Asuka finally getting gold back in WWE? Listen, I should hate this finish because of all the shit I talk about Gaga. I loved this finish. I thought it was so fun, and I, it's never been done. That I know of. Maybe Muda's done it or Tajiri. I'm not sure, but I've never seen it. And I loved it. It was some heel sh- it was some heel stuff. And I God, I love the finish. I <laughs> I laughed about it. I rewound it. I really enjoyed it. And so yeah, I, I was I was a fan of that. Bianca losing the belt kind of sucks. But I mean, I mean, I, if it, she's gonna lose it anyone, it better be Asuka. Yeah, listen, I'm not upset with uh, unlike you, is we're going to agree to disagree here. I did not like to finish. I'm not upset that Asuka won. I'm not upset that Bianca finally lost the title. But um, in, in, in concept, I, I can't really complain about how they did it. But it just, she barely got her fingers in the eyes of Asuka. And that's what, that's what upset me, was that, like, cover your hand in it and make sure that if you're using your hand to rake the face, make sure that, that Bianca's face is still covered in the mist off of your hand and off of your well, fingers. Well, what, what, what do you want? Have you ever had Asuka's mist? It's very potent. All, all you need is a little bit to get into your eyelid, and then your vision is gone. It's kind of like the the Dilophosaurus stuff from Jurassic Park. It doesn't take a whole lot. It's very potent. Jesus Christmas. We're going to move on here for the sake of time. Just what? Because you brought up Jurassic Park. Oh, nope. my God. You know, you just can't handle the I can't. The, the I'm on I'm on it today because I just I can't deal with the Gaga. And again, not upset about the outcome, but I'm upset about the finish here. As Oscar is your new Raw Women's Champion, 
Uh, moving along here, the main event, your, your third main event of this show would be your tag team championship match with Roman Reigns and Solo. They, are, they have removed Solo's last name. <laughs> because Sokoa, oh, you know I, I didn't even notice that. That's silly. Sokoa and Uso are not the same name. And while Solo Sokoa is the brother of Jimmy and Jay Uso, I would assume that they're setting up eventually for, for him to be Solo Uso. Whatever the case is, they removed his last name, taking on uh, for the Undisputed Tag Team Championships, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Uh, this match, I, this is my favorite finish in a while. Um, you, you get a, an accidental spear from Roman to the referee. Uh, you get the 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 Usos who were not supposed to be here come to interfere in the match. Roman is not having it. Pushes J Jay Uso in the face, and of all people, Jimmy Uso is the one to turn and super kick Roman Reigns. He looks at Jay. He said, "I'm doing what you have you should have done a long time ago." This is for you or, or something to that extent. And then kicks Roman Reigns again. I don't believe Roman was the, was the legal man because eventually uh, the, the, the team of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens would pin solo in this match. Um, but essentially Jimmy Uso has now taken, taken the, the, the lead or taken has followed the leader in Sami Zayn and turned on his cousin Roman Reigns. I would love to see if this would be a buildup to Jimmy versus Jay because they've, they've, been on record to say that they wanted to do this at a WrestleMania, Jimmy versus Jay. Um, so we're still not out of the woods here because Jay never laid a hand on anybody uh, like Jimmy did. So Jimmy Uso super kicks Roman Reigns of people are calling it the super kick heard around the world. It costs Roman and solo the tag team championships. PJ, how did you feel about this angle? Did they get it right? Your thoughts on the Jimmy Uso super kick? I loved it. Fantastic storyline. Uh, you haven't had long-term storytelling in a long time in WWE, in my opinion. Or if you have, it hasn't been that great. Um, yeah, I was a fan of this. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I, I just love the fact that it was Jimmy. Now, you know, everyone would expect it to be Jay. And it was, it was, it was the man, Jimmy. I enjoyed it. I still think you're going to see Jay side with Roman for a little while longer. Even if we go into SummerSlam where Jimmy and Jay, maybe they face off at SummerSlam and not WrestleMania. Um, but nevertheless, I still think we're going to get a one-on-one -on -one match between these two guys before they pair back up and, and completely dismantle the bloodline. I'd love to see. They've got other cousins out in the professional wrestling world that aren't under contract with WWE. I'd love to see them get incorporated into this and extend the storyline with some new guys in the bloodline. Uh, maybe even bring Tamina as a muscle for the women's division. She's never uh, been with Yeah. Take it back. Oh, all right. I'll take it back, but there's, there's more to be done. I, I know. I know. I know what you're trying to do, trying to get the family involved, but not Tamina. Well, nevertheless, uh, we get again, a very, very fun finish to the night. Good finish to the match. And again, it's excited. Finish of the night. Again, some really exciting stuff coming from the Usos and Roman Reigns uh, and, and the Bloodline in general. Um, that was your that was your WWE Night of Champions. Uh, again, going out of order, we're going to go over to AEW Double or Nothing. Um, a lot of matches in here. We're only going to touch on a few. Once again, time permitting here. Um, first and foremost, Jade Cargill defends the TBS Championship 
against Taya Valkyrie wins the match to go on a 70 I'm sorry, a 60 match win streak. Basically says there's nobody in AEW to to be able to knock her knock her off and dethrone her. And out comes a returning Chris Statlander who would come in and defeat Jade Cargill. That's right. Jade Cargill's 60 match winless streak comes to an end and loses the TBS championship in the process. PJ, I wanted to see somebody come out and defeat Jade Cargill. I was curious to see who it was going to be. I don't think they got it right here. How'd you feel oh, about Jade oh, Cargill I, losing? I think they got it right. I think they got it perfect. Uh, I, I I loved it. It was unexpected. But not Chris Statlander, dude. Why? She's great. She's not great. Oh, I think she's fantastic. She's got the she's, look. She's a great talent. And she, I mean, I did again, I didn't watch the show, but the last time I saw Chris Statlander, she was still wearing that like dinosaur makeup or, or she's alien, she's, she's alien makeup, they, they had, whatever the case is. They had a whole thing about her dropping that gimmick. Well, I'm glad it ha I'm glad she dropped the gimmick, but I still I think that there are other women on the roster who could have been the one to take off to take take Jade Cargill. You never got to see Jade Cargill go against uh, Doctor Britt Baker. You've got this this new the Outcast stable with Soraya or Soraya and your new AEW Women's Champion in Tony they Storm. Got, they got time Ruby to do Riot. that. It's not like Jade retired. Yeah, but I mean the lack the luster's gone. She's lost. And of all people, she lost to Chris Statler. To me, it would be like Stevie Ray being the one to end Goldberg's undefeated streak. That's what oh I. Oh my gosh, you are insane! Listen, you can you you'd have that you had that thing of okay, she put an open challenge. I lost because I wasn't prepared for my I wasn't prepared for my uh, opponent. Let's go again. I mean, you have a heel way to get out of it. I, I love it. I yeah, love it. I mean, listen, Jay Cargill is rumored to be taking a, taking a break from. AEW for a short period of time. This gets her, this gets the title off of her so she can take her leave. But again, I don't think that Chris Statlander should have been the one to end the reign of Jade Cargill. We will agree to disagree, PJ, even though you're wrong. Um, the oh, main of I listen to you. <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help it. I can't help but to laugh right now, too, because I just I believe every word that I'm saying, and we're disagreeing, and we're doing it to it like to the extent of like. We're not arguing, like we're not fighting, but like you're disgusted. Oh, we're, we're, we're you're, dis fight. you're disgusted with my take, and I find your take comical. Like that's it's just that's where we are at this point, and I I'm I'm reveling in it. I love it. Um, what I'm also not what I guess what we may or may not disagree on is is your AEW women's or women's men's championship AEW World Championship, the four pillars match with MJF was in a fatal four way with the four pillars. Of AEW, this Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Jungle Boy Jack Perry, MJF retains the championship. I think I was reading on Bleacher Report where it show, where it says MJF retains the title uh, by pin by pinfall following a headlock takeover, um, which I thought was hilarious. But I think this was a perfect opportunity. So you know, we this this might this might this might surprise you, PJ. Mm -hmm. If there was an opportunity, I've always I've said it many times 
there is no way that you could ever put the world championship on a guy like Darby Allen or Sammy Guevara, especially Darby Allen. But if there was an opportunity to put the world championship on a guy like Darby <laughs> Allen, this was your opportunity, and it was an opportunity missed. I I I don't. I, you you could have done it, sure, but he's not there yet. I've never. I by the way, I think Darby Allen's a future AEW world champion. I didn't say he could have it right off the rip. I think that I think that the opportunity is okay in a fatal four way match, triple threat match, whatever. He's able to beat the odds. I'm with that. What I'm not with is it just happens in this match. This is still NJF's time, and I, I don't think it should have happened here. So, having said that, so first of all, I don't think that Darby Allen is world champion material. I don't think he ever will be. If Rey Mysterio was, so was Darby Allen. I disagree. To compare Darby Allen to Rey Mysterio is an absolute insult to Rey Mysterio and what he has done for the business. Um, and and to say that it's just because Rey Mysterio can be a world champion, that so could so could Darby Allen is is is, is ridiculous. It's, it's no, a no, dumb. It's, not, it's, it's a not dumb ridiculous. sentiment to have. It is. It's not ridiculous because your argument is he doesn't look like a champion because he's so small. Rey Mysterio is small and he's a he's a former world champion. By the he way, is. by the way, we we already established that he's not that much taller than Adam Cole, who's a former NXT world champion. We've already established as well that he's taller but than Daniel Bryan. A, but height, height, when it comes to height, like it doesn't do it's a beanpole. Well, well I've got I've got bigger arms than Darby Allen. Doesn't matter if uh, it, pro wrestling can happen, anything can happen, all you need is three seconds. And a triple threat match, and that's the thing with Rey Mysterio. Your head is probably bigger than his fist. It's the same thing. Rey Mysterio is a better wrestler. Of course he is. Yes. But that, but but that's but that's not the argument. The argument that you always gave was, well, he's so small. Rey Mysterio he's, is to his he almost. Not that's an exaggeration. But you get my point. If Rey Mysterio could win, I, honestly, if the Hurricane could have a pinfall victory over the Rock with some Gaga, then mother. Then mm, you're making me curse. I already did it. You already did it. I'm actually. Oh, did I? Did I? Oh, I'm sorry. But um, it's all good, man. Then, then, then Darby can get a pinfall victory over M MF or MJF over some Gaga. It's the same thing. M so it's now you're comparing. Hold on, hold on, hold on a second. This show's going to go long, and I don't care now. You're comparing MJF to The Rock now? Oh, it's not about comparing one wrestler. It to is. Another. You just did, PJ. You well, no, just no, said. The point is. The point is in that situation. I'm not saying. Because anyone can get anyone can get schoolboyed up one two three. I mean, I'm not comparing MJF to The Rock as in like, well, there he's just like The Rock. I'm saying this could happen just like it happened to The Rock. So am I comparing the situations? Absolutely. But I'm not comparing MJF to The Rock. That you're you're. Oh my God! I'm you so listen. Close. No, no, no. You listen. You have now compared. You have put on the same level Darby Allen and Rey Mysterio and MJF and The Rock. You're not understand. I don't know how you can't get past this block. Like, is your IQ just not that high? Because <laughs> let me tell you something. What I'm doing is I'm comparing. I'm comparing the situations. If if Brock Lesnar had a school, if Spike Dudley was able to roll up Brock Lesnar the next night on a Monday Night Raw, and then Darby Allen was able to roll up, I don't know, uh, Luchasaurus, I'd be like, wow, that's the same thing that happened to Brock Lesnar. Do you think the average person would be like, what are you comparing Brock Lesnar to Luchasaurus? 
No, so, I'm comparing the situations. If if Hurricane could roll up any super, okay, let's make it easy for you. If the Hurricane could roll up anyone who's bigger than him, then so could Darby Allen. So first of all, your comparison of of Darby Allen to Spike Dudley is a much more fair comparison than Rey Mysterio. I'm just gonna throw it out there. I yeah, I can see that. I I'm, I'm with you on that. So having said that, did did Spike Dudley ever roll up pin Brock Lesnar? No, I was making an ex- I was making an example that like Well, it's that- a bad example because it never happened. So it would be like it would happen, be like it would be like it would be like Super Callow rolling up Goldberg and getting a, getting a three pound count on Goldberg. That would make way more sense than what you're suggesting because Goldberg can't wrestle. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So, listen. I sort of, I came into the, talking about this match in an, in an agreement that this is the opportunity that you could have used to put the title on Darby Allen. I do not see him going one-on-one with the Wardlows, with even the Luchasauruses, uh, one-on-one with MJF, even though like the size difference isn't quite there with MJF. I'm trying to think if there's a uh, – with the Aleister Black, uh, with the – why can't I say his name? The other guy that's in, that's in the, the House of Black with Aleister Black. Um, why can't I say his name? He's a big dude. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, um, Help um, me. Uh, Help me. Uh, Brody uh, – not Brody. Brody, Brody King. Uh, yeah, Brody, Brody King. King. Thank you, yeah. I, I, I know he's beaten Brody King in like a coffin match. Um, I don't see him beating a guy like – I'm trying to think. Wardlow, Samoa Joe. I mean, I know he beat Samoa Joe – for the TNT title, and I I crapped all over that on this show, if you were if you recall. Um, wait, so, what, do you mean, what do you mean by saying I don't see it happening when it's already happened? I don't see that happening. Look how it happened the other day. And that, that's my point. It's I don't find it. Anything I don't find it believable. You have to listen. I, I I've said it a few times on the show. Suspending belief or whatever, however the phrase goes, suspending disbelief where. You can kind of you want to you want to see something you don't expect to happen happen, right? But you also want to be able to believe that it could. It's the same reason why I don't like the fact that Chris Statlander was the one to knock off Jade Cargill. It's the same way that I believe the fact that Oscar could dethrone Bianca Belair, but I don't like the way that it happened. Uh, you want to be able to believe that it happens, and I don't care how you phrase it, unless you unless you bury someone that is a world champion underneath a pile of chairs like they did. Uh, was it Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn when they did the last man standing match? Or maybe it was Brock Lesnar when they when they just piled stuff on top of him where he couldn't get out to, to reach the 10 count in the last man standing match. Unless it's something like that, I do not see Darby Allen being a believable world champion. But this was your opportunity to do it because you had guys like Jungle Jack Perry, similar in st- size and stature, Sammy Guevara, similar in size and stature, and the three of these guys go out and just take out MJF and make sure that he doesn't retain – Here's your opportunity to put the title on Darby Allen. Okay, so I, here we go. Here we go. Let me ask you this. If Jungle Boy is your world champion and Darby Allen defeats him in a one-on-one match, could you believe that? I could believe that, but I also wouldn't Thank believe you, Jungle Boy is a world champion. You couldn't see Jungle Boy as a world champion? It'd be hard to believe Jungle Boy is a world champion. I'm a huge Jungle Boy fan, much more of a Jungle Boy fan than I am Darby Allen. But That's I would crazy. find it hard. I mean... Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, come, I don't understand what? because he 
Not only does he have the talent, I think maybe maybe we're cross streams somewhere because it seems like you never so, cross the streams. Yeah, it seems like you're so focused on the size of the worker, whereas I'm focused on anything could literally happen because it's pro wrestling. And I know you, what you're saying is suspending belief, but it takes three seconds to get somebody down for those three seconds, and it's an upset win. Well, I digress. I'm, I'm not saying that Darby Allen holds the belt for a long time, but to but to suggest that it could never happen when all it takes is like a roll up foot on the ropes and a tights and he's busted over because somebody did some gaga. Darby Allen goes over. I mean, to suggest I mean, to suggest that the, is so the, silly to me. The pro wrestling logic makes sense, but the the fan in me and the realist in me trying to add logic to an illogical situation, um, you know, it's just that's where I'm at. So Honestly, so now, now honestly you'll, you'll never convince me that anyone is not championship material after seeing some of the people that have held the belts before. And, it, and from Gaga reasons or from whatever kind of reasons, it, it won't, I won't be convinced. Well, I digress. Uh, let's, let's, let's try to move on here because we got one more match to get to. But what's next for MJF? I mean, he's retained the title against the, the other three, pill, three of the four pillars. He's beaten Brian Danielson. He's beaten John Moxley. I don't think he's beaten Kenny Omega yet, but what's next? I mean, kid, that we're, we're getting ready to talk about Kenny Omega and the Elite uh, here in the next match. What's next for MJF? He loses to Darby Allen, fair and fair, fair and square. I don't know. You no, I, th- I think I think what I think where we go from now is just he just keeps being that heel champion that just keeps um, <laughs> cutting those ridiculous, awesome promos. And I guess his next challenger, man, it's hard to say. Um, it almost just needs to be Adam Cole, I'd say, after the defeat of Jericho. And I guess we're not done with that storyline yet, but I think that's where we're going to end up with Cole and um, Cole and uh, who did you say? MJF. M- MJF, yeah. Thank you. Well, we mentioned uh, we're coming to the end of, of AEW's uh, double or nothing pay per view. And we get the our Anarchy in the Arena match that features the Elite taking on the Blackpool Combat Club. I think the one spot in this match that I that I've seen was the exploding super kick uh, onto John Moxley while he had a, a submission on I forgot who it was in the ring, but what a fun spot! And this, I, this I, match, hate, I hated it. You hated the exploding super kick. I hated it. I thought it was so silly. I loved the match. I hated that. I thought it was dumb. I hate the young bucks though. <laughs> Do you really hate you hate oh, yeah. the young bucks, but you like Darby Allen? I can't stand the Unbugs. I think I think their whole gimmick is just super kick and roided up Hardy Boys. I can't stand. By the way, they have a pinfall victory over the uh, War Raiders, so you know, yeah, young little little guys took over the uh, War Raiders, but that's okay. I don't like uh, the Unbugs though. Sides aside, and this argument aside, I'm not a fan of the um, of the of the uh, of the Unbugs. Well, we've gone long, so just give me your thoughts on this match because I I personally have not seen this match yet. I plan on watching it this week. I love the match. Seen it was, great it reviews. Love the match. It was brutal. It was fun. Told a great story. Um, the <laughs> the uh, I think it was Matt maybe who uh, got his foot stuck on the thumbtacks. It was silly, but the one I hated was just the um, uh, the yeah the exploding super kick. I thought it was really dumb, but I did like the uh, I did really enjoy the match. Well, great, I'm, great spots. I'm really excited to watch it because it, it, it appeared to get violent. I've watched some reviews about what happened. Uh, you, you, had, you had Cowboy take off his eye patch and then, and then bring a screwdriver and, and attack somebody with a screwdriver. You had somebody get hit with a fork. 
the Blackpool Combat Club eventually go over and win this match. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely something that that I want to go back and watch uh, based on what I've I've read and what I've seen about this match in general. So make sure you go back and if if you, there's some matches that you want to watch on this card, I would imagine the the AEW Championship match is something that you want to watch, and then this one as well. Um, again, there's a lot of matches on the card, and that's one of the, one of the things I've always found hard about watching the AEW pay per views. And uh, your dog agrees with me is that there's just there's always so Obviously. much. There's always so much um, going on for these AEW pay-per-views, and they, they, they tend to go so long that it's hard to sit down and one watch and watch them. But I'm definitely going to check out the Anarchy in the, in the Arena match, and I suggest you do too. But, PJ, we've gone long, and we got one more, one more segment to go. We are going to take our last break. When we come back, we are going to go talk curtain call, and this week's top five is our top wrestling entrance themes of all time. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with the curtain call right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina is your one-stop shop for all of your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and the most competitive prices in the low country. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9 star rating or on Facebook by searching for One Stop Repairs. Call for a quote today at 843-343-6310. That's the number one, One Stop Repairs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for the curtain call. Appreciate you staying with us here on another extra long episode. In Ooh, fairness, I gotta turn my I gotta turn my AC up because I'm still getting hot with this. I'm still hot. Yeah. In fairness, our Trish Stratus episode was relatively short, so we gave you a reprieve just to come back and make you sit here a little longer. I in in fairness, I think I think the the the, the altercation, the argument, the, the debate that we just had might have been our all time best disagreement on this show. Could you at least agree with that disagreement? No, I'll agree. That, like it was, it, it was insane. Um, I, I still, you know, we're gonna we're gonna disagree with, you know, I, I love to disagree because if everything was the same, it'd be boring. But um, yeah, I still want to get other people's opinions about it. You know, like maybe I'm may, maybe I'm the freak. You know, maybe I'm the weirdo who just doesn't get it. Uh, but I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not. But um, no, it was a lot of fun though. I'm I like, pretty sure. I, I like. I like arguing with you. I'm pretty sure that uh, Volley Polly will chime in. He's always good about about coming in and, and giving me his, his his thoughts about whatever we talk yeah, about on the show. Yeah, giving giving you the business. Giving me the business. So we are the curtain call. We're again. We're, we're going a little long. So stay. Thanks for sticking sticking with us. Top five wrestling entrance themes of all time. And PJ, I'm gonna let you start us off with your number five entrance theme of all time. Well, I hate to go really new, but this is newer, and I still enjoy it. It's still on my playlist. I'm going to go with Glorious, the Bobby Roode theme. Oh, that's wild. I, I didn't even think about that one. I'm going to go I my – love that. I'm going to go my number – my person again, it's a personal top five themes. My number five has to go to the chosen one Drew McIntyre theme, Broken Dreams. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, that's that's – to me, it's still – uh, still my one of my favorite of all time, and if I ever 
you know, when he when he came out to the uh, to the the London show mm-hmm. that they did, um, and it wasn't Wembley, but whatever the case was, and they they sort of mixed that into his new theme. Uh, it was fantastic. I love that theme. PJ, what is your number four? My number four pick is I hate to do it. It's another new one, but um, I still really enjoy it, and it's Shinsuke Nakamura's first theme. The first theme with WWE, the, the one yeah. that okay. Yeah, I see that. I see that Shinsuke Nakamura number four, but I'm I'm gonna go with something that that is probably really basic. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go my number four, and I should mention my top three are all faction theme songs. Uh, my number four will go to Goldberg, the WCW Goldberg theme, because every time that music hit, I knew somebody was coming out to to come in, wrestle a five minute match, just beat the crap out of some guys, and then walk out the ring. Uh, it was just one of those like intimidating, just the song fit the character. It was perfect. Give me Goldberg's theme for number four. PJ, what is your number three? Uh, let's see. Number three is going to be one of my favorites again. <sighs> it's hard to tell. I'm going to do Kazushiko Okada's theme. That Rainmaker theme is just so fun, and I can't get enough of it. God, you are all, so, all over the newer themes that yeah, we're talking about here. My other two are a little bit are a little bit older, but you know it's hard to it's hard to pick. Well, I, I kind of want to change mine now because there's 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 I have four more on my list that that I'm thinking about that um that I want to add, but but I've only got three spots. So push everything back a spot. So put Gold, Goldberg at five, uh put Drew McIntyre at six, um, and I'm gonna give you my number four. Um, my number four is going to go to – I, I know I'm doing things out of order and all wrong this week. Um, I'm going number – I'm, I'm going to go back and go my number four and give it to – I just had it in my mind, and, I've, and I've, I've already – it's already slipped it now. The evolution theme. The, 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 oh, the, yeah. That's the group stuff. of evolution, uh, uh, Triple H, Randy Orton, Batista, Ric Flair – that just that that motorhead that evolution is a mystery. Oh, just oh god, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's great. Yeah, oh. it's, it's so good. And so now that I've given you my new number four, I'm giving you my new number three. Uh, and that's gonna have to go to Degeneration X of the Attitude Era. It's another mm. one of those things that every time that are oh, you ready? Every time it hits, um, it it makes me want to get up and just crotch chop and tell everyone around me to suck it. Um, just so good. And so just it's attitude inducing from the attitude era. I love the DX theme. Give me DX at number three, PJ, give me your number two theme of all time. Uh, number two is the brood. It's so good. Oh, it is good. And it's so again, good. it's, it's, I, I say underrated, but everybody loves the brood theme, but I just don't think it gets the love that it deserves. Yeah. Uh, my number two gets plenty of love and that's because it's just too sweet. As that's the uh, the NWO theme, the original NWO black and white theme. Um, it was the cool music for the bad guys. It was the guitar riffs. It was the every every now and then was the inter the inter- interjection of the guys that were in the NWO. The oh yeah, and the it was the uh, the new, new new world order as it was going on. Just I don't know, it was just cool, and it's I, I, I love always it. mark out for it. Uh, PJ, give me your number one wrestling theme of all time. Ken Shamrock's theme song. Wow. That was I'm, the first that was the first one that I can remember really enjoying and really like wearing out on the my um 
volume three of WWF music CD and wearing that out. Honorable mentions would be, um, you know, Undertaker's. Uh, yes, of 90s, course. Late, yeah, late nineties, like satanic theme. Uh, another one would be New J- or uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's New Japan theme. Uh, and of course, you know, we covered it. You know, I am the ass man. Um, great themes, but yeah, what comes to my head has got to be um, Ken Shamrock's. You know, another an honorable mention for me has to go to. You talked about ass man. The one Billy Gunn theme was really good and really underrated. Um, I don't know if you remember that. The uh, one yeah, I, I do remember that one. Yeah, that one was fun. Um, you think about WCW themes that you can't hear on the network. The original, like the Chris Jericho theme uh, when he first turned heel. No. Um, that, you know, I, I can't remember. I, 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 obviously, I'm not going to try to hum it here on the air, but uh, it was really good. But my number one, it should come as no surprise to anybody who listens to this show on a weekly basis. Oh, and that is, yeah. That, that is the theme for the enforcer. Double A Arn Anderson. Uh, I use it to intro and exit most of the wrestling shows. Um, and it's just one of those things that just like, I feel like that theme song was was sort of perfectly fitting for that era, but also somehow ahead of its time. Just really, really fun stuff. Uh, PJ, this has been a really fun long show. I've got some editing to do here in the in the back end of it. But this has been fun, and I really enjoyed our debate. Um, I don't want to, 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 you know, break kayfabe here, but I, you know, I always love you, man. This is this is a fun show. Yeah, whatever. I had a good time. Have a good night. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. I, I really, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I don't regret anything I said. Well, for the rest of everybody listening to Tap House with Touchdowns, no football show this week. Uh, Banker Bill and I have got some other stuff going on and we cannot record, uh, but there's not a whole lot going on in football right now anyway because the USFL is hot garbage and we are getting right into the summertime, which is the slow season for football. So no football show this week, but we will have a Cat Cave podcast that should be airing later today as well. Uh, Should be going out also tomorrow on the uh, Fans First Sports Network, part of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network with all the Carolina Panthers podcasts uh, with Michael Davis and yours truly. Uh, talking some Carolina Panthers going ons. I'm actually recording that here shortly. So that show will be going live as well this week. Make sure if you're not go- if you're not following the Fans First Sports Network, wherever it is that you get your podcast, make sure you go follow that. Um, like and subscribe, whatever the case is, so that you can make sure you never miss an episode of the Cat Cave. But thanks everybody for listening to Tap Outs and Touchdowns this week. We'll be back with more quality content in the very near future uh, with some great wrestling talk. It's summertime. we got a lot of stuff coming, including the WWE Money in the Bank pay-per-view, the Great American Bash from NXT, as well as some more New Japan and AEW shows coming uh, with the new, especially the announcement of the new AEW Saturday night show on the horizon. So thanks once again, everybody, for sticking along with us this week. For PJ Steven, it's your guy, Bully Rye, for tap-outs and touchdowns, and I'll be around.